Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Peaceful, Loving, Vibrant podcast, episode four. In this bonus episode, I'm sharing with you some gems that I picked up from a really great talk on malas. Uh, This is your host, Anikia Nelson. So today I attended a talk on malas by Sasha Corellis of Sacha Malas. Um, I live in Atlanta and there is a really great metaphysical store very close to my house. It's at Pont City Market. It's called uh, Modern Mystic Shop. And every Sunday they host Sunday school. So it's an hour long workshop or talk about some sort of metaphysical concept. And today the theme was malas. So Sasha Corellis came all the way from San Francisco uh, to share with us the history of malas and her philosophy on it. And she also creates malas as well. So it was a really great talk. And I wanted to share with you some gems because malas are a really great tool for meditation. And so if you're not already familiar, it may be something you're interested in learning more about. I first, I got my first mala about two years ago, and it was actually a result of a conversation that I had with my life coach, uh, Dr. Michelle Bailey, who you may remember from episode one. You can go listen to her on episode one if you haven't already. And I don't really remember what led to me getting the mala. I think I was just interested in it and um, ordered a couple from a, a resource online, a store online that Uh, sells malas that come from Tibet. And my husband and I both got one. And it's been with me all this time. I'm wearing it right now. It's made of um, turquoise beads for tranquility and also jasper for transitions. Because at the time when I got it, I was in a transition, well, several transitions in my life. And so I was looking for support for that. And to kind of take a step back, what is a mala? <laughs> so a mala is basically a necklace that is made of beads or crystals. The word mala actually means garland in Sanskrit. So if you're familiar with a garland, you can think of a mala being one of those, but it's usually made up of beads or crystals. And so I uh, have meditated with my mala a handful of times. Mostly I wear it when I want to remember to feel calm and present. So I wear it a lot in travel or if I'm going to uh, a stress, high stress situation, I'll wear it. Uh, sometimes I wear it to work or I'll have it in my pocket at work so I can you know, feel the beads and remember to stay grounded and present and calm. But today at Sasha's talk, I learned a lot more (laughs) about the history of malas and how we can use them. And I really wanted to share this with you because I think over the last couple of episodes, we have talked a lot about technology, the various apps that we have to support us in our meditation practice. And Sasha really framed the mala as an ancient technology. So she actually shared that in her own meditation practice, she wanted to step away from the phones and laptops and and watches and all the, the other screens that inundate our lives so much. And so she uses her mala 
to as basically like a timer for her meditation. So she'll meditate on each bead as she passes it through her fingers. So I thought that was really cool. And I wanted to share that with you in case you are also looking for a break from these modern technologies. You can incorporate a mala into your meditation practice. So Sasha broke her talk down into three sections. First, she gave us a look into beads, garlands, and prayers, kind of like a, a whirlwind tour of the history of malas. And then she went into some detail on 108 malas. So these are malas with 108 beads. And then she talked about her specific Sasha malas and ended with a discussion of a special type of mala called a tantric mala. Um, that is has a history in kundalini yoga. So it was a lot packed into an hour, and I'm going to try to kind of distill some of the main points for you here. So like I said, mala means garland in Sanskrit, and these are ancient technologies. They have a meaning to the person that wears them, and Sasha talked about them as being tools for our evolution. The mala is meant to be a physical manifestation of our prayers and intentions. And in some cultures, they are believed to be protective against neg negative energy or distractions from the work that you're meant to do. She talked about malas being used in a variety of cultures. She highlighted Greece and India, of course, and noted that malas have been part of our human civilization for millennia. So these are really not new, although they are becoming trendy uh, again. One really interesting thing she shared was that the word bead, B-E-A-D, comes from an old English word, bead, B-E-D-E, -E, which actually means prayer. So like I said, the malas are made up of these beads and when we're talking about malas, we often say prayer beads, but it was really interesting to learn that the history of the word bead actually means prayer. So malas can be used in many different ways. One you may be familiar with is reciting a mantra. Uh, so as you move from bead to bead on the mala, you recite the same mantra or word or even just use your breath. And we see this also in Christianity when we think about the rosary. So in Catholicism, the rosary and, and repeating the Hail Mary. So that's an example of how malas can be used. And a mala is meant to open your eyes to your karma for the purpose of enlightenment. And the way that Sasha framed karma in this talk, she referred to it as the things that are keeping us back or distracting us from walking in our purpose. So it's like all the extra stuff that we need to break through in order to see clearly and take the next step in the right direction. So you'll see malas in many different materials and each material has a meaning and it's used for different results or energetics. Sandalwood is meant to magnetize your prayers and intentions Crystals are purifying, so clearing that karma again, that allows your prayer to take hold, and it amplifies the prayer. 
um, Rudraksha. So these are um, specific types of beads that most commonly come from India, and they are meant to clear any negative forces. And then Sasha also uses metals in some of her malas, and those are meant for amp amplification as well. So they are conductors. So that's kind of the, the background of the mala, what it is, what it's made of. And moving on to 108 malas. So these have 108 beads. So you might see people wearing them as necklaces, for example. And the number 108 is a significant number in the universe. I learned this when I attended a, um, a workshop at Sangha Yoga in Seattle, Washington, where we did 108 sun salutations. So if you're familiar with yoga, you'll know a sun salutation is a series of asana, series of yoga postures that is done. And we did that series 108 times. And funny story is I actually didn't know that I was headed to a workshop to do 108 sun salutations. The way that I got in the door was they advertised it as a Beyonce versus Coldplay yoga class uh, because the playlist had Beyonce and Coldplay, both of which I love. It definitely was called 108 to Regenerate, so I should have you know, gotten the hint somewhere, but Beyonce got me in the door and I did 108 sun salutations uh, with the Sangha community. Um, and that was a really great experience, but it's kind of an aside. So 108 is a sacred number. Sacred texts from India are all broken down into 108 chapters. The Sanskrit language, which is an ancient language, has 54 characters, both masculine versions and feminine versions. So two times 54, 108. And then in Ayurveda, there are 108 energetic portals in our body. And then if we're looking at the universe again, the sun's diameter is 108 times the distance between the earth and the sun. So there are a lot of different ways that that number 108 comes up. And that is part of the reason that these malas, this specific type of malas, have 108 beads. So Sasha described wearing one of these malas as wearing the universe around our neck. She uses mathematics to determine what number of stones and what types of stones she uses in the mala. So there'll be, for example, um, multiples of nine, you know, to get to the 108. Or she'll have three of a certain crystal in, in a certain part of the mala. So I thought that was pretty cool. And she mentioned that when we recite our meditation, our mantra, our, um, our breath even, as we move through the 108 mala, we're remembering the entire universe. And we're remembering that the universal self is omnipresent. So how do you use a 108 mala? When you're reciting your mantra, uh, you hold the bead in your right hand between your thumb and your middle finger. She said, definitely use the 
middle finger, not the index finger, because the index finger represents our ego. And so you start with the bead that comes right after the guru bead, which is the big bead in the middle. Um, Sometimes there's a tassel attached to it. And so you'll start at the bead after that one and recite your meditation or your mantra or just breathe on each bead as you move the beads in between your thumb and your middle finger. And these beads are meant to amplify our prayer. Um, You do not have to do that sort of recitation or meditation with your mala to reap the benefits. You can also just wear it as an adornment for comfort and protection, kind of like I mentioned that I do with my mala uh, currently. I did try meditating with it once or twice before, and it, it didn't feel as natural at the time. I may try again and see how it feels, especially now that I have been uh, made aware of this concept that we can use it as an ancient technology in place of our modern technologies. You know, sometimes we all need a break from our phones. Um, So I've been wearing my mala primarily. That's how I've been using it. Another way to use your mala is to have it be a representation of self on an altar or place of reverence. So for example, in my yoga teacher training, the end of our training, we had a big retreat and everyone brought something to place on the altar in our retreat space. And some people put their malas there. So that's an example of how to use it. And I should mention also with the recitation, if you don't have time or you just don't want to recite your meditation 108 times, you can also do it in quarters. So you'll do, what is that, uh, 27 uh, repetitions, because usually the malas are broken down into quarters. There'll be a certain bead, a special bead every quarter. So my mala that I'm wearing now, it has the turquoise beads. And then every 20, after every 27 turquoise beads, there is a um, jasper and it's separated by these little silver things. So that's how I'll know when I get to, when I've gotten through a quarter of the mala. So recitation, wearing it, Placing it on an altar or a place of reverence, those are a few ways that you can use a mala. So Sasha malas, and that's S-A-T-C-H-A. I'll put it in the show notes so you can look her up. Um, So she starts at the base for her her malas um, with the guru bead. Her idea is that you are the guru So with each cycle of the 108, we are always coming back to ourselves. We're coming back to that guru bead. And Sasha uses Rudraksha for the guru. It's a holy and protected stone. She mentioned being very careful where you source these from because they are precious. And she mentioned that the Rudraksha bead is thought to represent Shiva's tears. So Shiva is a Hindu deity uh, who shed a tear from his third eye when he saw humanity suffering from their own karma. And Rudraksha beads are thought to be Shiva's tears. So some uh, historic reference for you there. Uh, she has usually also has a tassel 
um, at the base attached to the Rudraksha. And she'll put crystals near the base as well, because if you think about wearing a necklace or a mala with 108 beads, the base of the necklace is going to fall near your belly button or a little bit above it. And so that is where your second and third chakras are. And so she thinks it's significant to have those crystals land near your second and third chakras. The next set of crystals, three crystals that she'll put, will be between your heart and your throat. That's where they'll lie as you're wearing your mala, your sacha mala. And she does that with the intention of clear, calm, and compassionate communication. And then directly opposite the base, so the part that's going to be behind your neck, she'll use hematite stars, and those are meant for grounding, to keep us grounded. So I really like that she puts so much intention into how she crafts the malas. It's not just stringing a bunch of beads on some string and doing it 108 times and calling it a day. She's very thoughtful, and I'm really excited. As soon as I'm finished recording and publishing this episode, I'm actually going to uh, start the conversation with her to get a custom mala uh, from her. So I'm very excited about that, and I'll be sure to share it on Instagram once I get it. So the last thing that Sasha talked about was tantric malas. So these are malas that she strings on 24 karat gold or sterling silver because those are uh, great conductors in terms of metals. And they look a little bit different. I will post a uh, picture in the show notes and on Instagram of what the tantric malas look like. So instead of being one layer of beads straight around, they have various patterns. So it's almost like you're looking at uh, like various shapes within the same mala. It'll make a lot more sense. Just head to the show notes and look at the picture or look on, uh, on our Instagram at Peaceful Loving Vibrant Podcast. And so that shape, that um, pattern is a historic pattern that's been preserved. Um, It's been used in the Sikh religion as well. And Sasha described this as a supercomputer on your body to break through karmic patterns so that you can do work. Um, I will let you head over to her resources so she can talk more about this because Um, she draws a lot of parallels between the tantric mala and a computer chip. Uh, that would be just too much for me to get into in this episode, but basically the components are crystals, gold, and a code similar to a computer chip. And the code is non-repeating and it's binary. And these tantric malas, they are beautiful by the way. Uh, They are meant to break and be reconfigured. So as you use them and they break, that represents breaking your karma and evolving, moving to another state, um, you know, on your path. So I thought that was really interesting. She also said that the 108 malas as well, they do break, signifying that breaking of the karma and moving to another level, which... I was really intrigued by because like I said, I got this mala I'm wearing about two years ago and it's becoming pretty 
loose and I often feel like it's going to break soon. And so I had actually taken a step back on wearing it, not wanting it to break, but now I'm really excited for it to break because I want to move to the next level. So in any case, so that's kind of a summary of the highlights from Sasha's talk. Uh, You can find her on Instagram at Sacha Malas, S-A-T-C-H-A-M-A-L-A-S. And um, I'm heading to her website as soon as I publish this episode, like I said, to uh, get my own custom mala. I'm excited about that. So I'm curious, have you used a mala? Are you familiar with them? Do you use them in your meditation practice? Or are you now intrigued and you're going to go out and get a mala? I should mention, too, um, you can find malas in metaphysical stores, Um, There are also resources online as well. But like I said, you want to be sure that you are um, aware of the source. So you're getting the real deal and you're not getting something that is um, that is uh, not ethically sourced. Okay, so I'm curious about your own experiences with malas and how you use them. So please share them with me. You can DM me at Peaceful Loving Vibrant Podcast. You can post and use the hashtag PLV Podcast, hashtag PLV Podcast. I'll look out for your posts. And as always, you can send me an email. My email is peacefullovingvibrantpodcast at gmail.com. I'd like to hear from you about your thoughts about this episode and how you use malas. Do you have any great resources for where you can get malas? Please share them with the community, the PLV squad. And uh, we have lots of great content coming your way in terms of new episodes. I'm working on getting a mental health professional who uses meditation in their practice uh, so that we can explore that a little bit. That's something that I've heard from you that you want to hear and something that I'm interested in as well. So keep the ideas coming. Send me an email, DM me, post on Instagram or Facebook. And thank you so much for your support. Have a wonderful day. All right, guys, I'm going to guide you through a five-minute meditation with an intention of trust. So in a few moments, you'll hear the bell signify the start of the meditation. And then after five minutes, you'll hear the bell again signifying the end. I invite you to find a comfortable seat in a posture that allows you to be both alert and relaxed. And we'll start by noticing our breath without trying to change it, without judgment. Notice the texture of your breath 
the temperature of your breath, the pace, notice where you feel your breath the most. Breathing in, we know we are breathing in. Breathing out, we know we're breathing out. And as your mind starts to wander in thought, you can ground yourself with our intention of trust. Trust that you are right where you need to be doing what you are meant to be doing. Even if it doesn't feel like it. Trust that you have everything you need to be where you are and to thrive. Trust. Next, you can bring your attention to the parts of your body that are contacting the ground the chair, or the cushion you're sitting on. Feel how your skin contacts these surfaces and feel how your body is supported. I trust that I am supported. And as we scan through our physical body, notice if there are any areas where you're holding tension. Invite these areas of your body to relax. As your mind starts to wander again, you can come back to your breath. You can come back to noticing the way the ground, the chair, the cushion, the bed supports you. Gently begin to wiggle your fingers and toes, bringing gentle movement back into the body. Slowly open your eyes and trust.
Thanks everyone for tuning in to the Peaceful, Loving, Vibrant podcast. Head to the show notes to see all the resources that we discussed and join the PLV squad on Facebook at fb.me slash PLV podcast. You can follow us on Instagram. We are at Peaceful, Loving, Vibrant podcast. And also you can send me an email peaceful loving vibrant podcast at gmail.com i want to hear what you thought of this episode what resonated what questions you have and what you want to hear next also have you started meditating let me know how it's going and keep listening for more